This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference, or WWDC, is a chance for the company to lay out its software roadmap for the year. But it went way beyond that this time around. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me to run down some of the highlights from WWDC is CNET Mobile Editor Lisa Itachiko. Welcome, Lisa. Hey, Roger. Thanks for having me. Well, the conference is known for software, but surprisingly, the company actually went pretty big with hardware, introducing uh, a new MacBook Air as well as the MacBook Pros, both of which are running the new M2 processor, which they also announced. What do you think of that? Yeah, you know what? You're right. I, I did think that was really interesting. Usually iOS 16, or not iOS 16, but the new version of iOS, usually steals the show at WWDC most of the time. Um, but this year, everything felt a bit more focused on the Mac. Um, and, you know, we kind of expected that. There were a lot of rumors going into this that, you know, we would see a new MacBook Air and, and the M2. Um, but, it, but it still kind of felt like there was a bigger focus on Mac than usual. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and, yeah, this happens occasionally. You know, sometimes Apple will announce new hardware at WWDC. Um, but it is kind of rare. I think the last time we saw something like this was when the latest Mac Pro debuted in 2019. Um, so yeah, this is definitely one that felt a little bit out of the ordinary for Apple. Definitely. And yeah, a new MacBook Air, it actually is actually legitimately new, right? It is uh, redesigned. It's got a new display. I'm curious if you can walk through some of the features that we're, we're expecting to see with this new MacBook Air. Yeah. So the new MacBook Air, you know, to me, it kind of felt like... Um, you know, Apple was kind of just kind of clo closing the gap a little bit between the MacBook Air and the new MacBook Pros from last year. You know, some of the biggest things that we're seeing is, you know, the M2 chip, obviously, which will bring some pretty big uh, performance improvements. Um, and then, you know, also, I, I believe the camera is getting an upgrade, um, which is super important because, you know, we're all, you know, even though some people are back in the office, a lot of us are still sitting on Zoom calls all day, so so that's a big deal. Um, it still doesn't have all of the additional ports that um, the, the latest MacBook Pros have, um, but but it does, I, I believe it does have some um, extra expandability, um, especially, you know, the, the MagSafe charger making a comeback. I think a lot of people will be happy about that. Um, and yeah, I mean, all around, this just seems like a, a general upgrade that, you know, people who are Mac fans but don't need to invest in the Pro should be pretty happy with. You know, I think the 1080p camera will be a big deal. It also looks like, you know, there's um, some improvements to the keyboard. There's a full row of function keys with Touch ID. Um, so, you know, I, I think this seems like a really good machine for people who just want a device for for casual work, um, especially if they're working from home. Yeah, and it is... It's notable, as you mentioned, that with this MacBook Air, that they're they're basically bringing it in line with some of their more contemporary lineups with that we saw refreshed from on the MacBook Pro lineup. 
I'm curious if you're just looking at the M2 processor, because it, it seemed like those MacBooks that were running on an M1, they all were they all fared really well. Uh, they all were reviewed and were critically lauded for their balance of power and power efficiency. I, you know, maybe we're just getting in the weeds, but like, what is the selling proposition for an M2? Because you've noticed that the MacBook Pros will get M, uh, at least the MacBook Pro 13 will have an M2 processor option as well. You know, in your mind, is there has Apple done enough to kind of demonstrate what the what the actual tangible benefits are between the the M2 versus the M1? You know, I think this is more to kind of demonstrate what the update cycle will be like for Apple's chips, because this is really new. Like, you know, we know how often Intel usually releases new chips, right? Um, You know, same thing with AMD and the other chip makers that have been around for a long time in this space. But, you know, when when Apple announced the M1 and then, um, you know, the M1 Pro and Max, um, you know, we we're still getting a feel for how often Apple is going to update these chips. So honestly, I, I see this as being... Um, probably not something for someone who just bought an M1 powered Mac. I feel like that will probably still go a long way. I see the M2 as being, you know, the newer, faster version for people who are upgrading from an older Intel model. But that that's kind of what stood out to me is just kind of getting a feel for the cadence of how often Apple plans to kind of update its hardware. And, you know, I think it'll be a lot like, um, I mean, in my opinion, of course, it's it's a little too soon to know, but I kind of see it being a lot like the iPhone, right? Like Apple releases a new chip every year. Um, every year it's faster and can process, you know, more algorithms or whatever. You know, <laughs> Apple gives us the whole rundown of how fast yeah. and powerful its new chip is. But for most people, if they have last year's model or even a two-year-old model, it's still going to be fine, right? So I kind of see this working the same way. No, and that's a good point. It's notable that noteworthy that folks tend to keep their laptops around a lot longer than their smartphones. So you're right. The, the someone who just got an M1 powered anything probably isn't looking at this, but uh, for someone who's got maybe a five year old Mac and they're looking for a refresh, these are some some attractive options. Uh, let's let's switch gears to iOS 16, which is usually the thing that we would have led with in a normal WWDC. Uh, but iOS 16, I, I, what are some of the big highlights from the the preview that we got of the next iOS, next version of the iPhone operating system? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest things that stood out to me immediately was the new customizable lock screen, which is really interesting. Um, you know, you can add widgets to your lock screen and, and customize the themes and, and the color palettes. And um, that might not sound very exciting, but... You know, I don't know about you, but I actually do spend like a fair amount of time on my lock screen, um, especially if I'm wearing a mask or something where I'm not looking at my phone at the right angle to launch Face ID. Um, Or if I just don't want to be super distracted and pick up my phone, because once I unlock it to check that new text message I got, I end up checking like 10 other things, right? Um, But looking at the lock screen kind of helps me say, okay, I can just read that notification and, you know, move on. So I like the idea of making the lock screen more useful and adding more information to it so that I don't have to unlock my phone and go down that rabbit hole every time. Um, But I also think it's interesting how it seems like they drew some inspiration from the Apple Watch for this, like with the way widgets look, like they kind of look like complications on the Apple Watch. So mm-hmm. it was kind of cool to to see that influence there. Um, 
But there's a bunch of other things, too. Um, you know, there's some updates coming to Apple Pay. Um, you know, there's Pay Later, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, Apple taking another step in basically trying to replace your wallet and your credit card, um, which which I thought was really interesting. And, you know, Apple Pay is already really convenient, so I'm sure this will only further that. Um and yeah, I mean, there's there's just a bunch of a lot of the other things I felt like were a, a bit like refinements rather than like fully new features. Like that's what I felt with like some of the Apple Maps updates we saw. Um, I, I do think the ability to edit and unsend messages is really cool and interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I make a lot of typos sometimes when I'm texting quickly. So I think um, people will will really enjoy that. And it kind of makes... You know, iMessage is already fairly ahead of, of some other, you know, it, it's interesting because I feel like for a while they were kind of behind a lot of the third-party messaging apps. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they added a lot of functionality in like iOS 10 and kind of caught up. Um, but I, I do feel like this makes iMessage feel a, a bit more like like modern messaging apps like Slack or something where you can go in and like edit a message or, or delete a message or whatever. So I thought that was interesting. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think for me, those are the big things that, that really stood out to me. I'm curious to hear if there's anything that stood out to you. I know one of the things that was brought up was this safety check feature, this idea that you can basically, this is for folks who are trying to, you know, get away from like an abusive relationship, you know, basically cutting off someone from, from your life. Uh, and there's, there's sort of a digital way to do this now, or there will be with iOS 16. Uh, I'm curious what you thought about safety check, because it was it was one that I thought, you know, Apple has dealt with, or has talked a lot about privacy and personal safety in the past, and this is very on-brand. But this also comes amid some of the controversy that's faced with AirTags, which is, you know, ha- has, has been brought up as a potential tool for stalking. So I'm curious what you thought or what your actions were when you saw that safety check announcement. Yeah. um, And I'm glad you brought that up because that is a really important one. And, you know, I I think the whole AirTags controversy was kind of a a wake up call for Apple. And, you know, I know they they were already aware of of potential issues like this and and they tried to build that in from the beginning with AirTags. But, um, you know, clearly people still found a way to abuse AirTags. And I think that kind of prompted Apple to start working with these organizations that help domestic abuse victims and and learn more about what they could be doing to be more helpful. So um, I think that's great, not only because it's really important for, you know, ensuring people's safety, but I'm hoping that other people or other companies will follow in Apple's example and build features like that into Android too, because, you know, it's great that Apple's doing it, but, you know, Android still accounts for most of the smartphones in use around the world. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll see this become more widespread. No, that's, that's a fantastic point. And there's a ton more with WWDC, and we don't have time for everything today. But one last one I want to mention is one you wrote about, which is the update to Wear OS and what's coming to your Apple Watches. What, what's the latest from Apple? Yes. Yeah, so for watchOS 9, um, a, a lot of the, the big updates that we're going to see really have to do with health and fitness and wellness. And, you know, that's really in line with what Apple has been doing over the past few years. So it, it's not necessarily surprising, but I was surprised to see how 
to see them really catch up to some of these other competitors that they, you know, had in some ways fallen behind, like Fitbit and Aura and even Samsung. You know, a lot of these companies just have so much better sleep tracking than Apple does. You know, they'll track different stages of sleep and give you a sleep score. Um, and now in, in watchOS 9, Apple is catching up a little bit by adding sleep stages, which I think will be super helpful. Um, I still would like to see some type of score feature um, because I just think it's, you know, assigning a score to something is just a good way to kind of sum it up and give you like the big picture highlights. And I find that helpful, but, um, but sleep stages is a great start. So I'm, I'm really happy to see that. Um, and the other big thing we're seeing is like new metrics for runners as well. So to me, this red is like a really clear sign that like, yeah, Apple isn't just trying to have like the best everyday smartwatch. They really are trying to go after, you know, these more niche companies that have a history of making running watches like Garmin and stuff like that too. Um, so I, I did think that was interesting. One thing we didn't see that I was hoping to see was um, the new low power mode that was rumored ahead of um, WWDC. Um, mm -hmm. you, you know, Apple didn't say anything about that. So um, I'm hoping that <laughs> maybe it comes in the future, maybe in watchOS 10, because battery life is is one area that you know i would still like to see an improvement in one way or another definitely and thank you for correcting me on my wear os flub clearly i still have google io in the head for whatever reason so yes it's, no i mean it's there were a lot of things that reminded me of google <laughs> io during this presentation today especially a lot of the like you know features that rely on machine learning and stuff um yeah. So, and that, a lot of that was in iOS 16, so I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the idea that you can, I guess, basically cut and paste on the fly certain images and put them into, into iMessage, and it uses some machine learning to kind of figure that out. Like, you can uh, you crop out that, I think the example is a cropped out dog from uh, Yeah, from that, that was pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so uh, very cool, but also very Google-like in its... Uh, uh, reliance on machine learning and, and AI to, to do some of this stuff. So very interesting stuff. Lisa, thank you for your time. Uh, you can check out all of our full coverage on www.cncnet.com and we'll have more on the conference from tomorrow. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at Roger W. Chang. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.